stream about this every day. Could it really happen? Or do dreams fade away? Then we just started saying them. They said it sounded smooth. So we started a group and here we are kicking it for you. Motown Phillies back again. Doing a little East Coast fling. Boys to men going off. Not too hard, not too soft. Na 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 na. Motown Philly back again. That's ABC, BBD. Anyway, East Coast family. That's how you know it is the Continue Podcast, everybody. Hello, welcome back. It's episode 41. My name is Anthony John Agnello, and I can't stop singing. Uh, <laughs> you, you you should. I know. Whoa! I know. That's a sick. Shots fired. I'm sorry, there's a guy at work who is, uh, who's been honing my sarcasm, because he's like, he gives as good as he gets, so I'm oh. like trying to like... Come out of my shell a little you're bit. Br- so. You're bringing it in? Yeah, a little that bit. Was, that I, was, like, that... I, I dropped one the other day, and everyone at the department was like, holy crap. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I said something. Nice. It's funny, I, I do think that it, like, if you if you break down the continue podcast dynamic, uh, I I do think that if I'm Space Ghost, you definitely are Zorak there, Dave. Oh, okay. And, and yeah, like that's a Zorakian burn. And okay. Susan is is a a hard Moltar like that I, is Moltar. <laughs> I don't know what that means. No, are oh, you were a Space Ghost coast to coast? No, thing? I've never oh seen it. Oh my god! Oh, oh so good. I didn't I, I didn't avoid it or anything. I just I don't I don't. Oh dear. I would I wish you could watch that show so badly because I think it would make you laugh very 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 hard. I mean, it's got to be on something, right? No, they released some stuff on. They released some on DVD. They yeah only only like the first season is available or the first two are yeah on it's out there you can it's find out there it. you can you can find it you have to hunt for it i, found, okay. I found a bunch of old iron chef episodes you can find space that's the, yeah that's a good point yeah <laughs> are you using all right let's the man who's practicing his sarcasm is none other than staff roberts dave roberts hi Hello, dave. uh hi um my name is david roberts and i'm a weeb I admit this in that's, front of you now. That's true. I'm, that's I'm, true. Like, like, like Weebs Anonymous, I'm admitting this in front of you now. I'm finally <laughs> admitting it to myself. Uh, well, have you be, told have you told have you told Susan what you're doing? I you am doing? studying so, Japanese. Well, I'm surprised it took you this long. I know it yeah. took me. It's like I took a semester in college a long time ago, and it was fun, but it's it was really time consuming. Well, uh, especially yeah, for like uh, a structured class, like. You gotta go to language lab. It's it's optional, scare quotes. But like, if you don't go, you're so behind. Uh, yeah, and then I yeah. just, I just didn't, and like, it just felt impossible. And then I was like, last week, I was like, what? Like, I got time. <laughs> I got time. I could be like not spending on social media and just like memorizing kanji and stuff. So that's what I've been doing. Like the last week, I've been putting like an hour every day. That's awesome. Just Good for you. That's awesome. It. So yeah, is that why is that why you're looking up old episodes of Iron Chef? It's all been interrelated. I also got a, a cookbook by Masaharu Morimoto, the uh, <clears throat> third Japanese Iron Chef uh, yeah. from the classic show, and he wrote a book kind of in the vein, like the way he described it was like he wrote a book in the vein of like Julia Child's uh, French cookbook, oh. uh, 
but about Japanese food. Like, oh, de- that's great. Demystifying the whole... Because he's like, ev- like, nobody makes it at home because everyone's like, oh, like you gotta study for 10 years just to make rice well. It's like, no, you just... Just fucking do it at home. It's fine. Like the the only hard part is just the ingredients are kind of weird, but it's pretty easy, and it's been fun. So my wife and I have been doing that. I've been studying Japanese, and uh, my transformation into full weeb will be complete. Yeah, you are you are full weeb at this point. Good for I, you. Yeah. We gotta get you a body pillow, dog. That's uh, awesome. The last accoutrement. No. Uh, We'll get you a. We'll we'll get, get, I have to ease into it, okay? Like you can't we'll just get you throw a Hideo Kojima body pillow. Okay, yeah. Where it's I'll, just like him, like you know, stroking his chin. No, it'll be the picture of him with the the laptop from like the nineteen nineteen nineties and yes, the big like you know. <laughs> glasses. Susan, were were you a, were you an Iron Chef watcher when the original was airing back in the late nineties and early on? No, no, no. It's that's not. No. It, it, no. No, but I I do love one of my favorite videos <laughs> is the compilation of all the mystery ingredients. Oh, there are compilations. Oh yes, and it's it's just so amazing. But this is the uh, it must be the the American version because the it's in English. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. it will you know <gasps> beer. cheese oh it's so good it's so good yeah i i the the hardest core period of my my watching that was in the early aughts around like 2004 they started airing the older episodes from the mid 90s again on food network and that was only only Mm. four channels that we got Uh. in my apartment in harlem and they would only air it at 3 a.m and i don't know if you know this about uh, stoners in their early twenties, <laughs> yeah. but that is the magic it's hour. Prime time. Indeed, it is. It <laughs> is and like so. It like is. we just we had a ritual where like it would come on and we would just be like live ingredient, live ingredient, live ingredient, octopi. <laughs> it's so- an octopus. <laughs> I just love how pure that show is. Like oh, everyone, yeah. like yeah. and like not just that, but like the dubbing that they got for the English version of the show. It's like the most NPR ass like dubbing ever. It's just so. Oh yes, he's 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 brazing the octopus now. That's a. Oh yes, Quizon. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, he's. I, I've talked to him right now, and he said he's not sure what the competition's doing, but uh, but uh, he's not worried about that right now. Oh yes, thank you, thank you. And I'm gonna have to cancel my plan. Oh, it's so good. Just go watch. There's like a yeah. whole playlist on YouTube, dude. <laughs> uh. Also, that that person who who loves that compilation of live ingredient uh, reveals is none other than Susan Arndt. Hello, Susan. Hello, I'm awkward. Yeah, I think. <laughs> why? There's our episode title. <laughs> Continue episode forty-one. I am awkward. That's how we do it. That's how we do it around here. Yeah. Uh, our our special backers will get to hear a a wonderful wonderful tale of awkwardness in the pre-show. Uh, Susan, what's been going on? How you been? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. This week was, okay, so here's what happened on Monday. And this just really set the tone for the week. This should have just been my indicator of how this week was going to go. Uh, so I, I work in an office now and I, I roll in Monday and the building that I'm in has been under construction the entire time I've been there. There, uh, there are these buildings that were abandoned for like 15 years and 
the state of North Carolina has reclaimed them, is renovating them, and is making them into a vibrant new hub for tech and other companies. Great. Okay, cool. So we're one of the anchor companies, and they're still refinishing the floor above us. Fine. It's noisy, but it's we joke about it now and whatever. That's fine. Come in Monday, and it smells very strongly that they're painting. Now, Monday, to be clear, Monday was Martin Luther King Day, which is a holiday in the United States, but uh, not that many companies actually take the day off for it. Yeah. So uh, we roll in and it's like, wow, that's really strong out here in the lobby. Okay, well, whatever. And we go into the, I walk into the office and it's as strong in my office, which is behind two other sets of doors. I walk in, I'm like, well, gosh, this is strong. Well, like, yeah, I'm sure I'll get used to it. Uh-uh, no. Ten minutes later, I am full-on high. <laughs> I am up. You're ready to watch Iron Chef. <laughs> I am ready to watch Iron Chef and, like, chant, uh, you know, gooey duck, gooey duck. You know, that's, <laughs> that's where I am. So, uh, and none of my team is in yet. I'm like, what is going on? And I, and I, I discovered that there has been an email from the boss that said, look, there's fumes. Uh, if you're not in the office yet, stay home until lunchtime. And if you are, then head over to the building next door. You can, which is a, a, a co-working building, and you can you can just work from there. Okay. So I'm there for a little bit, and there's that's where the rest of my team is. And I'm it's like an, a half hour, and I'm like thinking about the fumes that are in that office. I'm like, there's no way on God's green earth that is going to dissipate by lunchtime because we don't have windows that we can open. We have no conduit to outside air. So it's just going to sit there. Okay. I'm like, I'm going to send you guys home. Go work from home. We'll figure this out at some point. They do. I am about to do that. Realize I have left my laptop charger back in the office. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is like a Walking Dead situation. Oh, my God. Gotta go back. Back into the office, I grab my charger, my boss is there, so I go over to talk to him. Now, I like my boss a great deal. I enjoy him greatly, and we start chatting, and we're chatting for maybe a good 45 minutes. Oh, no. (laughs) Getting a little little lightheaded? I am in another plane of existence by the time (laughs) I finally roll out to my car. So that that really just set the tone for the entire. Hey man, can you taste color? Is that are we? Is that happening right now? Yeah, it's crazy yeah. that you could just see music in this office, man. <laughs> it's wild, smooth yeah. like Carlos Santana's. Really, what happened? We learned. We learned later was they spilled on the floor above us. They spilled a full gallon of paint thinner. Oh. Oh, man. Didn't start cleaning it up because they assumed no one would be in because it was a holiday. Yeah. Oh, boy. That's a magic recipe. It was fan-freaking-tastic. So. That's, that's a hell of a Monday. That's a yeah. hell of a, like, a, a start to everything. Yeah. Uh, so since the last time we recorded an episode for you here in the wonderful, wonderful year of 2019 when everything works and all things are good. I love when things function properly. Everything's just smooth. It's all perfect. Everything's great. Uh, it, old electronic arts. Old oh, reliable oh. EA. <laughs> 
Scra- oh, scrappy oh, underdog. EA came down from his hermitage in the woods <laughs> and shit canned another Star Wars game. Uh, old, yeah. Old. Uh, everybody is just old. O-L apostrophe. To to set off the harvest, they did the ritual (laughs) killing of the Star Wars game. (laughs) Things are quiet here in Electronic Arts Corners. Uh, So old old Jason Schreier at Kotaku uh, broke a story that Electronic Arts had shit-canned yet another Star Wars game. Yeah, this was, uh, it was originally the Project Ragtag, directed by Amy Hennig of Uncharted fame. And then they got rid of all that, Hennig left, and then they moved it over to Jay Brayman's studio uh, to, to basically turn the assets into an open-world game. And they're like, no. Because <laughs> I guess... Like, like yeah, the, we're the, done with that. Yeah, well, they looked at the roadmap, and apparently it, like, it was probably going to come out at least 2021, 2022. They're like, um, we need to... We need to get something out the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need so, so they're like we're gonna refocus the project, and it's gonna be like likely be out twenty twenty is what they're aiming for, and it's gonna be a smaller scope action game set in the Star Wars universe. This is completely separate from the respawn game that was kind of sort of announced at EA by a very confused looking uh, Vince Zampella. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very oh. uncomfortable Vince Zampella. It's gonna be called Jedi. Outback Steakhouse, Outcast, Jedi, <laughs> Jedi Outcast, <laughs> Jedi it's Texas kind of Roadhouse. Like fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I'm waiting out about this the same time you are. <laughs> so, so yeah, it, it just it got me thinking mm-hmm. that EA is a very different company now than it was even a couple years ago. Like this deal's about six years old. Uh, the people who made the deal no longer at the company. And you've seen this shift over that period of time uh, that EA has gone from like, oh, we're going to make these like story-based games to like, we're going to make games that make like FIFA money, right? Mm -hmm. And it it just, it feels like there's a disconnect between the, the, I mean, because there is, there's there's an obvious disconnect between wanting to make like a, a, solid artistic product and a machine that just generates infinite cash for you. Um, like I, we're seeing this with Bioware, like the, the story also reported by Scryer that the Andromeda was originally supposed to be like a destiny style loot and shooter. And then that got turned into Andromeda with 18 months before ship date. Mm-hmm. So, so you're saying everybody in this new star Wars game is going to look like they have, uh, rickets when they move around well, the, well, we'll f- yeah we'll find yeah, out we'll also find like out. apparently the engine's just like notoriously difficult to work with like sure. uh sure. i've heard like i think it was something like uh cars and need for speed games because they use the frostbite engine which is built for battlefield have to be technically classified as guns for the game to work wow like, it's, it's just, it's okay a, it's, i mean like it's it's a like a empty gun object or something right, right, just to right, make the game right. work but still like that's what it was made for. But yeah, so it just, it feels like EA's just not the kind of company that should be making Star Wars games because the audience for Star Wars games, especially like the most vocal proponents are like people our age that grew up with Star Wars that like they want the story game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also think that the, the, the 
the biggest audience for Star Wars game is children. Like, there's no escaping the fact that the Star Wars toy brand remains the biggest toy brand on the face of the planet. Yeah. Okay, but are kids buying those? Uh, kids are buying those. And okay. it, it's, it's really interesting. I actually, I, God, it's embarrassing that I can't remember her name now. But the woman who drives uh, all of the creative for the uh, you know, Disney toy brand at Hasbro in mm-hmm. conjunction with Lucasfilm and, and Disney is kind of brilliant. She's amazing, and she's constantly talking about how every single year they have to sort of, like, rebalance all of their efforts around, like, all right, well, these are the people that are going to buy our things, that they're the diehard collectors that are between mm-hmm. 25 and 50 and here are the people who are like casual fans that are like, oh, look, a Wampa, and they're going to want that for their desk. And she's like, we have to constantly remind ourselves, our audience is five. Our audience is five. Our audience is five. And just sort of realign themselves around Interesting. that Interesting. Vision. Okay. And it, yeah, it's cool. And like, you know, the there, there, there have been a lot of articles written about EA and their relationship with the Star Wars brand and the Star Wars deal as it was cut under John Riccatiello in the wake of this cancellation. And, you know, I, I think that, like, say what you will about the Star Wars games that have come out and say what you will about the Star Wars games that were coming out during the last years of LucasArts. Uh, there's a hard line between the Star Wars games that EA has made and the Star Wars games that LucasArts were making, yeah. because while there was a Battlefront, while there was Force Unleashed, there were still, like, Jedi Starfighter. And anyone yeah, this is, of any age could play Jedi Starfighter. It also, they felt like cards in a deck. You know what I mean? Like, yes. this is this flavor Star Wars game. Yeah. Because there were many flavors, and it was it made sense. And, like, usefully so. Like, it yeah, was a good yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. That it was like, here's Star Wars... Bounty Hunter, here's Pod Racing. Here's our here's strategy Rover. game. Here's our, yeah. Yeah, yep. here's Empire at War. And, like, there was no boundary on what Star Wars could right. be. Right, Whereas, and this information comes to me secondhand, and I'm not going to name my source on this, mm-hmm. but it was very explicit that the reason Jade Raymond left EA mm-hmm. at the end of 2017 was she was like, I'm not, no more games of service. Stop forcing mm. me to make service games i am not doing it and i don't want to do that with this brand it already failed and they were like you're gonna yeah gonna." (laughs) well like and like and because and we heard stuff about that in that report that scar did about ragtag where like hennig was bringing reports to to like higher ups about like here are the themes the characters the you know all like the things that you bring when you want to tell a story right and they're like well how are you going to make FIFA money? Like that makes like a billion dollars a year. How are you going to make that FIFA money? You, you can actually see in your head, like the boardroom, it's over air conditioned. There's like a PowerPoint slide of the background. And she gives this impassioned pitch for what yeah, the like story 45 is minutes slide yeah. shows. And then they're just like, what about that ultimate team money though? And then it's just like, bleh, 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 bleh. <laughs> like press a button, yeah. ham horn in the meeting. And like, <sighs> Okay, you you all know my political thoughts. You're a hippie. Right. But the thing is, like, if EA wants to be a ruthless machine, as long as it takes care of its people, and, sure. like, it just wants yeah, to... Yeah. It, it just wants to make Battlefield games, it wants to make yeah. FIFA, and it wants, like... 
you know, as long as you're not doing anything illegal and your people are cared right. for. Right, that is, that is like, a valid business is, decision. Yeah. Totally. But they have all this cool shit. Yeah. That they Very ain't doing anything work. with. Yeah. And it, when they do something with it, they destroy it. So we were talking about this um, via text, and then I kind of wanted to expand this out uh, to, to a more broader topic, but we could start with Star Wars. Who do you guys think would be the best steward of Star Wars now if EA was to be like, nope, we can't, like, we can't, like, there's no way. Fans get too mad. Disney gets too mad. Everyone's too hard to work with. We can't make this make money. We're done. We want other people to make games. Who should make Star Wars games? Susan, do you want to open with what you and I realized is our fantasy game, like the best game? No, go ahead. You, you do it. I've talked a lot already, so you, you take right. this one. All right. So I like we were talking about this and I put this idea to Dave and Susan that we very quickly realized that it was the greatest thing of all time. You just take Star Wars and you go over to Arcane and you say, this is yours now. I don't want you to be clever. Just make Dishonored and Prey, but like Star Wars the shit out of it. <laughs> yup! <laughs> just do it. Just Star Wars the shit oh. out of it. Because it would be like, and, and we, we went in different tracks like this because I immediately thought like, here is the most mercenary, uh, marketable, easy thing the rogue one approach if you will mm. uh to making the arcane star wars game my thought was look don't overcomplicate it make it the se like most cynical pitch in the world make it a fucking darth vader game just make it darth vader it's like early days after episode three when he's going across the land hunting down jedi so you could still do some like alternate universe He's like emotionally conflicted stuff going on. If you wanted to do Arcane's binary, are you good or bad, chaotic or orderly, a la Dishonored, and put him down on whatever planet, right. make it up. Don't don't go somewhere we've been before, but there are people there, and just Vader it. Just go around <laughs> threatening people, doing weird black wizard shit. Cutting people down with a sword, and then you run into, like, I don't know, fucking Force witches. Like, they're not Jedi, and they're not Sith, but, like, they can still kind of tap into the Force, and they're crazy. And you have to use your Jedi powers, or you have to join up with them, turn them into soldiers, or something, because just... Screw it! Just use the script from Dishonored 2! Just take all of the <laughs> assets out of Dishonored 2! <laughs> oh! Darth Vader has to break into a city covered with sand! Oh! <laughs> wild! Just do that! But Susan, you were like, no, d like you came up with a much more artful version of that, which is, uh, you know, don't do that. Be a, be a, like a, a, a rogue. Be, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Go basically... Yeah, like, okay, well, uh, I, forget all the main story. Forget forget all of that. Like, think about what it's like for Rey when she was growing up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Forget all, all right. that, you know, and then, or, or you know, a, a bounty hunter who isn't the bitch-ass Boba Fett, you know, like, something like that. <laughs> and it's, again, it's the, it's the same kind of mechanics in that you have abilities, you have the powers that you can give people alternatively i thought of someone else who could do this one. Ooh, 
Techland. Oh. Oh. They're, they're the, the, the dead... Dead, they're the dead dying, dying yes. light. Yeah, dying light. Dying they're light. the dying light with that parkour. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And I just, if you remember the beginning of Rogue One, where it's that that, that teeming city, mm-hmm. and it's just real close, and he's trying to get away yeah. from the guards. Yeah. And then about, Jimmy Smith shows yeah, put, up. And then Jimmy Smith <laughs> randomly shows up. Right, like Except if you're show, yeah. Coruscant, you look down and you just see nothing but like cars floating by. Badass! Oh my Super god! Badass! Yeah, I actually, yeah, Techland is a great, and like all of all of what Techland does in terms of that like sort of very crunchy character growth stuff mm-hmm. would be great, and it would allow you to do the thing that everybody really likes in Star Wars when it's not one of the movies, which is just imagining who you would be in this space. You know, are you, you going to be what? a spy? Are you going to be a... Fuck it. I'll give you this one. Just do Rogue One in the Dying Light Engine. Just do it. Yeah, just do that. Just do Done. That. Right? Easy. Like, you, you got to... You make a lot of money. <laughs> you would There's make... a lot of money. So, it, it prints money. Because, because you know, you're not... You don't have any powers in yep. Dying Light. All you can do is, like, run and punch and shoot if you get a gun. Done! We're going we're gonna to get into this later in the show with one of our other topics, but I, I'm long for the olden days, and like this just stopped happening during the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 era because it was just, it wasn't economical to even do this. Like everything started to cost so much money that people were like, we got to get the hell out, and we're finally getting back to a place where, you know, B-level games are mm-hmm. more affordable to make. Because of things like Unity and Unreal Engine 4 being so, you know, cheap and easy to use now. But back in the day, it was very common for uh, IP holders to look at very successful, artful games and be like, fuck it, let's just do that with our characters. Yep. I think of the Lord of the Rings RPG, turn-based yep. RPG for PlayStation 2, <laughs> which is the called Fellowship like, Light. Like, yes, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's the like, Third Age. The, yeah, whatever the name was, and it was just like, Final Fantasy X, battle system, character growth system, yep. done, yep. print it. You're yep. like the, the crappy no. versions of the Fellowship following immediately behind them on their journey. That's yeah. it. The story writes itself. Awesome. And it was a good game. It actually that was, a good, was a good game. Yeah. It actually right? was. Yeah. Uh, this is another one. Too few people have played this. Next Level Games, the people that made Luigi's Mansion 2, uh, awesome studio, and they do a lot of work for Nintendo that's always, like, super, super polished. The stuff they've done that wasn't with Nintendo is obviously not that polished. It's super work-for-hire stuff, but it's always admirable. In 2011, they did the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 Captain America, the first Avenger movie tie-in game. Oh, you mean the Rocketeer game? Yeah, the Rocketeer game. Yeah. But all it was was they were like, hey, guys, we have five months to make a game with yeah. Captain America. What are we going to do? Arkham Asylum. Yep. Just, just make Arkham Asylum again. It's the exact same structure. It's the exact same pace. It's the exact same combat system. Perfectly effective, good thing to do. Yeah. Put put Star Wars... Just Dave. make a game. Yeah. Dave, what do you want? What do you want? What's your Star Wars game, man? What's your vision? I mean, I would say Bioware, but like there. <laughs> you know? There's a studio called Bioware? I, yeah, they, they got a game coming out. Do they? <laughs> Do they though? Do they? I, I saw I, videos. It looks. It looks okay. You want to know? You want to know what Anthem looks like? It looks like Anthem, 
Like, somebody set up their entire, like, homemade board for, like, a Warhammer 40k game, and they've got all their little miniatures, and then it looks like somebody spilled Cocoa Pebbles all over it. That's what that game looks like. It looks like uh, a Warhammer covered with mud and old cereal. That's... <laughs> Is that harsh? <laughs> it's it's a little it's a little harsh. Is that a little harsh? I let's just say I have reason to believe that Anthem is going to disappoint people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh oh you you mean the that they follow the same press cycle as they did with Andromeda, where they didn't talk about anything That's concrete part of it. until That's like three months part before of it, it came out and then suddenly yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't um So not bioware. Who do you, who, in your fantasy land, in a beautiful, beautiful world? I mean. If you say Hideo Kojima, I am leaving okay, this I, podcast right I, now. Okay, the Yakuza bye, team, everybody. Susan. Oh, now that would actually be really cool. I actually would sell my soul for a Yakuza team, Star Wars. Like, that would, right that now. would. Yeah. That would actually, actually be really cool. Yeah. Like, not to bring it back to Rogue One and our fantasies of Rogue One actually being worth a damn, but the guy who's, um who's like the protector of the wills in the blind guy in, in rogue one. Oh who, yeah. Yeah. The blind, blind guy. guy yeah, blind guy. And he was followed around by the guy in the chain gun. Yeah. Blind guy's friend. Yeah. Blind guy's friend. Yeah. Blind guy's lover. It, like a lot of, like I, I think. Oh that's, yeah. I think You're probably right clear. about that. Yeah. I think that they're, they're together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but like, give me a story about them in that weird, like Imperial controlled Jedi planet and build in the Yakuza engine. Done. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. I'd play Make that. that I'd play the shit I'd, out of that. I'd yep. play, I would play. I would leave this podcast I mean, right yep. now and go play that game. Honestly, yep. at this point, I would play a Star Wars game made by Ubisoft because it's at least a video Let's game. Let's not get crazy. Nice. Play. <laughs> Let's. I mean, it's a, we, it's, it, it's a video know. game you could play. It. Mm. Yeah, but let's not I go mean, nuts. Let's not. It's. Get it's. It'll. Be, it would be real. Have you don't want you don't want Jedi Order the Division. No. Republic Commando. I mean the, no. the, the Force Unleashed games were fine. They were there. Fine. No. Uh, no. Here's okay. What I really want, honestly, truly, is a is a Star Wars game that has absolutely nothing to do with Jedi. That's yeah, what I want. I, I, yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. I, I I will say like Bring back Jedi Knight. My yeah, Dark my forces. non my non um you know, like mercenary, this is a good business idea and I would like to see it. The thing that I want in my heart of hearts is I want way forward to make super the force awakens and super the last Jedi. Just yeah. Like oh, wow. That'd be amazing. Make it, make it a Metroidvania. That would be amazing. Uh, no, I, uh, no. So what I want, uh, I don't know who would do this because like, I'd say like cloud Imperium, the star citizen people, but they're a little oh, busy, yeah. but like, I want like, I want like a Star Wars game, like like X Wing versus Tie Fighter. Oh man, why not? Yeah, like that. Like that was the shit that I grew up with. Well, there's um, there's your Ubisoft pitch, man. Give it to yeah. the Starlink team, because that's a very fun or uh, game. And get the um, what is the the Rebel Galaxy people to make? I think like the 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 first the first Rebel Galaxy is like a like you put like these big capital ships and you're doing like trade routes and stuff and like it's kind of like. Uh, it's just like a space adventure economy kind of game. 
Uh, and then this next one that they're making, they're like actually implementing uh, implementing like dogfighting, so you can like fly around in three D space and like do all the same stuff. So yeah, give it to them. Let them do it. Those games are cool. Uh, okay, you, so they, you, they, you did want to do like yeah, the other so yeah, they got, yeah, yeah. They got a bunch of other stuff. Okay, so we got uh, who should get burnout? Oh, burnout's tricky. Like. Uh, let's do this lightning round style. Next one, next one, because I yeah. can't imagine. Okay, uh, I'm, I would say playground games, because uh, okay, because like the Forza Horizon is basically a burnout yeah. game, except the cars don't explode. So let the cars yeah. explode. And it's it, fine. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Command and Conquer. Susan, are you an RTS person? Uh, uh, uh. Oh, the team that did Mario Plus Rabbits. Mm. Oh yes, absolutely. Good one. Yeah, I I don't. It's uh, they're not Ubisoft Montpellier. They're one of the other ones. Italy, I think. It's Italy. It was it Milan? Something. Yeah. Some. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good one. Good call. Good call. Thank you. Good call. Dead space. I finally tried that. Oh, by the way, I finally oh, the... tried Mario and Rabbids. Oh, what'd you think? I love it. I love it, and I wish I had more time for that game. It right is now a time-consuming game, yeah. I, I, you've told me a million times, Susan, that that is a long game, and there's yeah. a ton of it. And yeah. I was like, uh-huh, sure, whatever, and no, that's... No, yeah, you didn't believe me, because you'd never do it, but that's <laughs> fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. How's Moon Crash, dude? Uh... No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you should play Moon Crash. It's really good. You know what Seamus Young said I should play? Fuck you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Dead Space, which which kind of kicked oh, off this whole thing. Yeah, that we were kicked off this about. whole conversation. Uh, mine remains Machine Games. But one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because, like, number one, I love Machine Games. Their sense of space, their sense of pacing, their sense of story, everything is integrated so seamlessly in their games. More than that, I want to see them make a game that isn't first person. I want to see them make a game where you're looking at a character and you're you're you get to inhabit them by seeing their movement and the way they react to things around them. And I think that like I I know a lot of people really love Dead Space 2 and I really didn't. And part of that was I didn't like that Isaac became like a person mm, with a voice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, Oh no, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I hated the fact that like it sort of stripped away the uh, ability to project yourself into that scenario that you get from a silent protagonist. And I think that machine games going back to like a character who's kind of a husk for you to inhabit uh, would would do really interesting things with the way they tell a story. Yeah, my idea was THQ Nordic when I was thinking of it because I think they would be like, we're just gonna make Dead Space Four. It's like Dead Space Three. <laughs> it's a 360 game on your PC, and then we'll make all the other ones backwards compatible, even the Wii one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Extraction. Uh, oh, God. Uh, Su- yeah. It. Susan's idea, though, I think would be really cool for Dead Space. Who did I come up with for Dead Space? Sony Sorry. Santa Monica. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah That's dreaming really big. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. But when I when I when I think about the tone, how I want it to feel. Yeah. There are portions of God of War that that definitely have that that kind of because the thing I always loved about Dead Space 
what really, really enamored me with it was the only way out is through. He has to go through the ship. to If he's going to live, he has to go do certain very specific things. Fix the engines, do the, like that. To do that, you got to go to a specific spot. To do that, well, you got to walk through some really gnarly shit. And there's just nothing you can do about that fact. And it's a suck it up, buttercup. You got to... Mm. And there are portions of God of War that feel very much like that to me. Mm-hmm. I like that. Dave, all right, we gotta we gotta kick okay. into the next segment. One more, one more. Uh, oh. Dungeon Keeper. <gasps> Ooh. See, yeah, they got a lot of weird stuff, but uh, yeah, Dungeon Keeper is the one I want to highlight here. I know who I would pick. Who? So Dungeon Dungeon Keeper is the one. I I I only know Dungeon Keeper from the iconography, like that big, like sort of mushy devil face. Think yeah. Overlord. Yeah. yeah. Think yeah, o- yeah. O- Overlord. Oh, it's, it's like, like a real time. I thought it's like it was a real like time deception. game. It's a Molly New God game. You're building a dungeon. Heroes come All in. Right. You're trying I, to... I thought it was more like Tecmo's Deception, where you had to like lay out traps for people. I mean, there are some traps, but it's 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 almost like a tower defense game in a way, where like you have Here. to like funnel them through paths. But and, it has like, a sense have... of humor, no? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. I would say the two point hospital team. I still haven't played that, and I want to. Oh, it's so, so good. It's oh, so I want to play that. But yeah, like they, they did that with Theme Hospital. I think they could do it with Dungeon Keeper. Mm. Nope. Nope. Oh. Got it. Okay. Got it. Got it. The Donut County team. Oh, shit. The guy? <laughs> Just Ben Esposito making okay. Dungeon Keeper? Team is speaking a little grandly, but yes. 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 Let's get Ben Esposito yes. on the line. Yeah, Ben. Yeah. Ben, buddy. Yeah. Ben. <laughs> We got a hot deal for you. I actually like if like if the whole thing is laying out a dungeon and like being like sort of like that semi thing, I can absolutely see that. Especially because the level design of Donut County is so much these these like rich little worlds that you slowly yeah, yeah. dismantle and reveal. That's but for me, it's it's that it's the it's the really cheeky sense of humor and the humor. Yeah. The re- like it's so wry and knowing. I just, yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I'm going to throw one last one in here just because it just popped into my head okay. right now. Uh, I want. <laughs> Do you guys. Did, did either of you guys play Gods Will Be Watching? Yes. Was, yeah. Like, really weird adventure game with a pixel style. It was just, like, super harsh. Yeah, they made the Red Strings Club, which came out yeah, oh, early that, last yeah, year, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, the super depressing Red Strings Club. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give them Dante's Inferno. Done. Dante's Inferno oh. to them because oh. they would make like a legitimately and like, but like I want to keep the characters that EA came up with. So like they're gonna make like the super weird, gory version of Dante's Inferno, but then they could make it really smart. Hmm. Tossing it out there. Dante's Inferno. Dante. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Like, do you think that there was any point in the development of that game where everybody looked at each other and like, are we getting away with this? Like, <laughs> keep approving our milestones. We're, we're really going to ship No, you know why? Because they were, they were high, dude. Oh, yeah. They were, there was a lot of altered substances happening and they were just like, dude, have you seen the character design for Lust? 
Seriously, no, the lust level. You got, you got to check it out. I had the most ridiculous idea last night while I was brushing my teeth, and then Terry made it happen. You got to see it. It's amazing. <laughs> They're drunk on that dead space money. Yeah. Uh, so this entire this entire segment is wonderful because it sort of displays the breadth of really excellent developers that are working right now. Uh, the the sort of dark times of 10 years ago when studios were closing left and right and there was like a sort of dearth of voices on the scene has truly ended and there are so, so, so many great studios making games, getting them out there and putting them on things more than just the Steam store. We can now play this wealth of games on every single console under the sun. This show in particular has celebrated over the past year and a half uh, almost two years. I can't believe it's almost been two years since the launch of that machine. But uh, the Switch. And in a previous episode, we talked about how uh, what made the Switch so remarkable was the fact that there was such an excellent selection of independent games on that machine and that you, they were easy to find. This came up when Susan had played Cat Quest. Yes. And now, however... Uh, Two years in, it's getting a little crowded. The Nintendo proudly proclaims that there are over a thousand games on Nintendo Switch. I want to make it clear that there are only 866 officially released NES games, everybody. <laughs> 866. That, the- yeah, that should give you some context. So here's, here's how this came up. Keza uh, McDonald... Uh, game journalist asked on Twitter for some recommendations for games. She uh, was going to be taking a trip or something like that and wanted something to uh, absorb her attention. And uh, a friend, uh, Mitchie D, recommended a game called Moonlighter. Mm, yeah. and, and I'd never heard of it. It's cool. And he was very bullet, you know, very, very much for it. And so I went and looked it up, and indeed, this seems like a game I would really dig. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I have never heard of this game. If I didn't, if I wasn't on Twitter at this exact moment, I would still not know about this game. And this is something right in the sweet spot of my Venn diagram. Yeah. So I, so I, you know, found it on on Twitch. And then while I'm there, I'm like, well, let me see what else is, is here that I might not know about. The answer is a lot. A whole lot. I must have added, and this is a few minutes of looking, six or seven games to my wish list. Holy and God. it was all, and it wasn't obvious things. It wasn't, you know, Mario or Smash Brothers. or It's all shit I'd never heard of, just sounded weird, or the thumbnail was intriguing. And it really hit me how from Cat Quest, Cat Quest, I played that Thanksgiving 2016, how much the shop, the Nintendo shop has changed in such a relatively short period of time. It's still laid out really well. It's it's easy to find things, but now there's just so much stuff. And it's interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean there are there are some duds. Like, of course like, there are. Of course. It's got it's gotten to the point like at the in the early days, uh, you know, in the olden times of 2017, Nintendo was very insistent, like, oh, it's all about quality control. 
and you know we're gonna we're gonna really be selective about what independent games are on this platform and they have just opened up the floodgates yeah some things like even when they're trash though and i don't i don't want to call anything no let's not yeah but like even when they're trash it's at least like admirable trash yeah. It's not it's not some piece of garbage where it's just like boobs the game. Right. Uh, it's, like it's, you see on Steam. It's <laughs> yeah, it's not like Steam level garbage where yeah. it's like hey, if we can trick 20 people into spending I mean, a dollar on this, Anthony, we can get a you know, a sack full of tacos at Taco Bell. Anthony, so you you did buy that one like instant like Japanese lady game. Nintendo released that. <laughs> it's not on me that Nintendo released like what I think is a simulation of calling, like, a softcore sex line in 1985? I still can't figure out what that game I played $5 for. Well, you know, Dave's learning Japanese yeah, now, I'll, so I'll, he'll I be got, able I got to you, dog. Gotta get help you out. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, okay, so here's, at, th- at this point, the best I can do is, if it's, like, two ninety nine on and it, not, not on sale, but that's its normal price, two ninety nine. skip it. It's not going to be good. You're not going to uh, like it. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, because we're that's the strata that we're dealing with. But if you go to the most popular games, you know, the first 6 or 9 of them are all things you've heard of. It's mm-hmm. your Mario's and your Smashes and uh, you know, Stardew Valley, which will be there till the end of time, and it's 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 all that known stuff. And so you really need to make the efforts and, and the stuff they're promoting is similarly all of, of course, their flagship titles. Of course, of course. So if you want to find these really intriguing games, you know, something along the level of a Stardew Valley, it isn't Stardew Valley because Stardew Valley is a bit of a freak. It, it is, it is the world of Warcraft of farm <laughs> Sims. You got to go digging and it's, it's, crazy pants yeah there's a lot How of much, friction there yeah and i don't even I, you know i don't know a, a, a fraction of what's in there i gave up i'm like this is too much i you know just looking in my if i bought all of these that's probably like 150 dollars right now just i'm giving up so i will say that something that i still even though we've gotten to this place where there are over a thousand games in that shop something i still really 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 like about the nintendo eShop that is better than iTunes, it's better than or the, the, the App Store, it's better than PlayStation Network, it's better than... Look, man, I don't know the last time you turned on the shop and fucking an Xbox One was, but I don't even know what the hell is happening. It's bad. It's, it is. Like, you can go in with all intent to yeah, try and no. buy a game and good goddamn luck trying to figure out how. That is a big reason why my Xbox One is in a closet and has been, I think, since I moved to this house. It just keeps getting worse. Yeah. But the Nintendo eShop, to its credit, you open it up, everything loads instantaneously, and it remains chronologically ordered. Here are all the new things that just came out. Here are all the things that came out last week. Here are the things that came out the week before that. They are clearly named. There's a big, fat piece of art, and there is a clear price right there as soon as you open it up and that is a hell of a first step but like the problem is is that even if there is a a curatorial effort on behalf of the company and the platform holder itself which there is they they do newsletters they do promos on their social channels 
They have, like, you can still click a thing on your Switch that's like, what's up? What's new yeah, on yeah, Nintendo Switch? Yeah. And they'll highlight things. There's this, the week we're recording this, there was just a Nintendo Nindies Direct where they announced a bunch of indie games. They do do these things, but there is simply too much that the only way you can discover things that are good, that do have an audience behind them and are, are worth noticing, like Moonlighter, is word of mouth. Yep. And I honestly don't think that there is a solution beyond that short of integrating a feature into the social features of the machine itself where friends can recommend you a game directly. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. algorithmically it won't work. There is, like, guess what, kids? The algorithm is full of shit. There yeah, is, the algorithm is full of shit. It's full of shit. It doesn't matter what platform you're on. Netflix doesn't know what you like. Amazon doesn't know what you like. YouTube doesn't know what you like. Nintendo certainly fucking doesn't know what you would like. Otherwise, what's been happening with Metroid wouldn't be happening. <laughs> so, I, you know, I think that, like, shy of being able to click a button, and I think that this is a general problem with all of the eShops, you know, like, uh, all of the digital storefronts, because, like, gift-giving isn't easy. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not... Like, Xbox only just added that, like, last year. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, it's and, not like, easy. You, you still can't do it on Sony. Uh, you, like, you can't go in there and be like, I've spent $5, and now I'm gifting this to my friend who I'm connecting right. with the thing. Build in a feature where you can say, hey, I'm playing this, maybe you would like it. And, like, it's... I can't believe I'm about to say something nice about the Wii U, but like Miiverse came close to that. There was almost something there, but yeah, I don't know. Like it, Susan, what, what would have made, do, can you imagine a scenario where you could have looked at some other option besides most popular and felt like you would have been able to access the same breadth of stuff without just sitting there and, like, very diligently trying to sift through it all. You mean that actually currently exists, or my dream thing? Yeah, sort of your dream thing. What I would really like is, if you like this, you should play this. Mm. Right? The direct one-to-one. -one. Except, that, except that works. Because there are, that does, they do have that on Netflix, and it's it's pretty good good mm -hmm. except it's it, it it takes the broadest stroke like if you watch right. a a crime drama on the, that was made by the bbc it will just refer you to every other crime drama made on the, the bbc so if you could refine that over time that would be absolutely wonderful uh friend recommendations is a great idea i i really really enjoy that or if it was okay i will give you a checklist what is important to you uh game length Game style, mm. strong characters, great soundtrack. Boom! Yeah, and, and then, like more more aggressive tagging of games yeah, as they're yeah. logged into the store. That's an interesting yeah. idea. Yeah, I mean, it all relies on 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 the back end tech to make it work. You know, if the tags work well, and then it can start feeding you things appropriately. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. The unfortunate thing is is. Really robust tagging is still a thing, even today, yep. Yep. That, that requires human labor. And yep. nobody wants and that. That ain't free. That, yeah. that ain't yeah. free. Uh, I know, uh, I know, I know. Um, Unless which, you got the audience to do it for you. 
But then again, you're back in the problem. If it's a tiny little game, mm-hmm. like two people are going to tag it. And yeah. well, that's someone's going to tag it. Boobs you know. the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Rock you like a hurricane and that's not going to be meaningful. Or like, or like Steam's problem where like it'll just – it'll get – bad tags because people want to bury that game because mm-hmm. like something right the says right or, right um i was actually thinking like like i kind of hope that so you can buy nintendo a selection of nintendo games on the humble store now and i'm mm-hmm. wondering if that is some kind of precursor to them doing like some sort of humble bundles or humble monthly yeah with with nintendo games because i think that's Ultimately, the kind of thing, like, that helps. Like, it's not, you know, the ultimate solution because it requires you to pay money up front for a thing that contains things that you may not like. But, like, I am a Humble Monthly subscriber, and I like it because it's, like, someone had to pick and choose these are the games that we're going to give you every month. And I don't know what they're going to be till I get them. But then I get them, and I'm like, oh, these are nice surprises, you know, and like that mm, a- mm-hmm, aspect of mm-hmm, discovery, mm-hmm. Um, I think will also like it can, you know, help foster discovery with other people because then, you know, you're talking about the game. It's just ways to get your eyeballs in front of things that you normally wouldn't see. Uh, that goes just- back to a, a something that I, I talked to a friend of mine, Adrian Hahn, who uh, is part of Six to Start, who makes uh, Zombies Run among other things. He was also part of the team that made Perplex City back in the day, was making basically a subscription box for mobile games. Okay. Where it's, we just, every month, we're going to feed you mobile games. We're going to we're gonna curate it for you. Just like, poof. I love Here that. you go. Here are your links. Go download it. And it just, every month, that you get what we give you. And it's like, like it's like a loot box or a birch box or a bark box or your humble box. It's the same concept. Susan, is that your primary route for discovery of mobile games? I mean, like something that is interesting is that I think you two far more than me have a knack for discovering games in spheres that like game, like hardcore mm-hmm. game fans tend to dismiss you're really good at discovering mobile games dave you're really really good at staying on top of and abreast of what's happening in the indie scene before things sort of become phenomenon true word of mouth you're That's great true. at it and uh i like what are your guys personal strategies i mean is like do you guys just re- rely on these bundles you know you get the mobile game bundle dave you get the humble bundle no the mobile game bundle doesn't exist it's something adrian and oh, it's just, i wanted it's to just do a, something that, that you and adrian came up with yeah yeah i thought i thought you were saying that he's like implemented that oh no like, no no we never idea. we never were able to do that no yeah it was a great idea but no we never were able to make it happen so like you know how how do you guys find the things that you find like what are for people listening what are the replicable strategies that you guys employ to get those things like, the one that I always say, like, because I'm not as good about that with games, but I'm pretty good about it with music. Hmm. And, like, it, music is, you know, I, I just have a routine. Like, I have these press outlets that I really rely on, and I visit them uh, almost daily. It's, it's my equivalent of waking up and having a cup of coffee, being like, oh, I'm going to see what is new and what has been reviewed here. And, like, part of that, and this might sound like something a crazy person would do, but I look at Metacritic maintains a here are the albums that are coming up over the next three months. Mm-hmm. And they're very, very uh, meticulous 
in there. Here are the albums that are coming out. And I look at them and we're like, here are the artists I know that I like. And then I say, here are the artists I've read about. And then here are ones that I just think that that's an intriguing name. And then I just check them out that way. It's completely idiosyncratic, I know, but it leads me to discover things that are really great. And the algorithm has nothing to do with it. It's entirely <laughs> my own impetus. So, you know, I'm curious what your guys' approaches are. I mean, when I when I followed stuff, I you know, I just don't have time to play nearly the the breadth of games that I that I used to, but like in the deepest like when I was writing about games for a living, like I I just follow devs on Twitter or follow devs who retweet lots of devs. And like all you all the time you just see really cool like, "Oh, here's a really cool uh gif or here's a really cool uh video." Uh there's one, oh god, Eternal Castle Remastered. Some, it's some game that came out early January that I really want to play. I just don't, you know, I don't have money to buy stuff at the moment. But it was like, I saw a GIF of this game that like looked like an old 1980s CGA computer right. game, but like 60 frames a second and just like really smooth, super cool, like minimalist colors. It's like, like another world or out of this world on acid. Like just fucking blew my mind and so yeah i added it to my steam wish list and that's kind of what i do like if i see something that looks cool typically they're they're like nine times out of ten they've got a store page on steam that you can wish list uh so i just do that and like it just you know eventually the game comes out and i find out about it or whatever but yeah it's just a, it's just a lot of it's just luck and just yeah. following people on twitter who share stuff yeah, it's funny, like, uh, guess what, kids? The the algorithm is never going to be able to replicate serendipity. And mm. it's also never going to be able to replicate the fact that part of the reason that if you're listening to this podcast and if you're one of the three people recording this podcast, you care about art very, very deeply. And caring about art very, very deeply means that you don't just care about the things that you've already experienced. You want new experiences. And part of that is opening yourself up to things that you have never known before. However, I have had a revelation. I have had... Uh, uh, I've had a moment. I've had my road to Damascus moment, guys. I used to think, fuck remakes. I used to think, like, ew, dog, you shouldn't remake anything, and if you are going to remake something, there has to be a damn good reason, uh, and the original is always better, and now I've realized that I was an asshole. I, oh, I good, would, because you were. I was. So, you, yeah. you, would you say you had a revelaton? Oh! 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 <laughs> that was good. That was good. That was really good. That was satisfying oh. as heck. Oh, my God. Nice. <laughs> uh, yes, Dave. Yeah. I, 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 that, was, that was tight. That was tight as hell. <laughs> that was good. That yeah, was good. Segway. Segwayed <laughs> to hell and back. Segway three, Segway harder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I I I played Resident Evil two, uh, the remake of Resident Evil two, uh, and in the playing of Resident Evil two, this was uh, like I was so excited about this game because the original Resident Evil two is one of my all time favorite games in all of history. Dave and I tried to beat it on a stream last year while I was you were absinthe. Drunk. Uh, I was, yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. It was, it was, it was intense. It was a bad time, but also a great time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, it was uh, it was Suntory time. Let me tell you, <laughs> we had a really good time. Uh, but uh, you know, while the original Resident Evil and this game sort of fall into that category of things that I desperately wanted to be remade, I've been that asshole in the past of being like, "Why would you make a new version of Total Recall, dog? The original is so good." And the revelation I have had is that I I'm not saying that. The problem. Okay, let me let me start again. The problem people have when they think about remakes is that they think that the thing that they love is being replaced. If you play Resident Evil Two this week, Susan is anxiously awaiting this podcast ending so that she can go play. <laughs> it's actually Resident true. Evil 2. Yeah. Uh, when you play it, like it's 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 amazing how deft it is at preserving the things that were evocative and good and uh, admirable about the original while still finding a way to modernize them. And we talked about this in our last episode when, Susan, you were talking about what you were looking for from the evil within and didn't yep. get. Yep. And this game manages to to really do the thing that a truly great remake does, where it doesn't do what Evil Within did, where it's just like, we're just going to try and do it again, and, and we kind of fucked that up. Or even the original, uh, you know, remake of Resident Evil 1. The remake, yeah. Because it's R-E, remake, yeah. The remake. Resume. Stop it! It doesn't, it doesn't even do that because it doesn't totally mimic the exact same play style while oh, updating it. it. It says, what are all of the parts that are available to us? What are all of the different modernizations, the way we can affect control, the way we can uh, affect artistic presentation, the way we can affect item management and resource management, and the way enemies behave, and how can we make all of that modern technique work and apply that to an old thought? so that we can take an old thought and represent that to people in a language that they will understand today. It is an old idea presented in contemporary language to give you new perspective and new experience with that old idea. And once I, I realized that while playing Resident Evil 2, I was like, oh my God, remaking everything is a great idea. Everything should be remade forever. Because if, a, if there is a good idea, that means the bones are strong and you can iterate on that and you can, make, you can make that new. The human being who is making that is going to be different. No matter what, a human being is making that and their experience will change that original idea and you'll get a new experience from it. And even if it's the same human being returning to one of their own original ideas... As with Resident Evil 1, when Shinji Mikami was like, hey, you know what? I kind of fucked that up. I think I could do it again. And it was great. They're older. They're wiser. Their experiences mm -hmm. have changed. And the art will inevitably change because of that. And so I have been thinking about this for a week now. And I've been thinking about it in light of our conversations about the ideas of EA having all of these properties that are just sort of lying fallow and the issue of discovering new games, and how, at the end of the day, guess what? Remakes are commercially expedient. It is very easy to take something and say, this is an idea that people will at least find familiar, and that's a way that we can ease them into the discomfort of maybe reapproaching a really, really good idea again for the first time. So I started just thinking about 
why remakes are great. And then I, I, I did want to sort of circle back to our first topic. You know what, guys? I don't think that we need a new Star Wars game right now. I don't think that we need Arcane or... And the funny thing is, I, I had this whole plan to sort of segue into this idea, but we did it anyway. Susan, you brought up Techland. Like, just make Dying Light. Just shove yeah. Yeah. Dying Light. Skin it. Star Wars. Boom. Remake this game with a different set of characters, a different scenario, a different art style. You get a spectacular goddamn game. Uh, you know, Dishonored 2. Put Darth Vader in it. Awesome. You almost got... Corvo's almost Darth Vader. Come on. He's... He's got a mask. <laughs> he's got I mean, the come mask, on. guys. He just, like, at the end of it, he wasn't like, oh, I saw the Empress alive. She was fine. No. Like, that doesn't happen, but it could. Uh, <laughs> my, my, my point is, is it, there are dozens, dozens of great Star Wars games, and almost all of them are completely inaccessible on modern hardware. Yeah. You can't legally play yeah. them on a PC. You can't legally play them on an Xbox One or a PlayStation 4 or a Nintendo Switch or a 3DS. Go in there, take those old games, clean them the fuck up, and then you have a magical opportunity. And I just I just think all of the anxiety that people have over remakes, like, ugh, this shouldn't be done, preserve the original, is juvenile. And Of course it is. Of course it is. It's... it's I'm here's here's what it comes down to. Here's a thing that was important slash good at a at a specific point in my life. Yeah, I am afraid that re-experiencing it at a different time in my life in a different way mm -hmm. will give me a different feeling, or that people will steal ownership of it. Or that people will steal ownership of it. That's a, that's a separate yeah. There, but I, I feel like one thought leads to the other. You know, mm. like I, I feel like there are some people. I feel like you know, like Ghostbusters. Uh, you know, yeah, like yeah, the, yeah, beneath yeah. the ramp. Well, no, on top of the rampant misogyny, yeah, well, yeah. because the rampant yeah. misogyny is definitely the bedrock level in that in that case. <laughs> that's true. That's but, true. You know, the 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 thing that like people who like bristle like don't make Ghostbusters. Like, on top of that, their, their first anger is, I don't want people thinking that their Ghostbusters is the Ghostbusters and it's different than mine. Like, right, right. Stop, stop thinking right. that it's the, like, you know, right. the, the definite article is always poison in here. Dave, you and I have been talking about this since I started playing Resident Evil 2, and you said, like, you know, as long as the original is preserved, mm -hmm. then what's the problem? And in the case of video games, that's that's a big problem. I mean, that and, is a problem. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah. Well, and the the example that I always go back to is the thing. Like yeah. you, you've said, you said the phrase "the thing" a couple times, and it's like, well, like that. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. The, the thing. The movie. The John Carpenter movie that everyone yeah. loves. Yeah. Yep. Is a remake. Is a remake. Yeah. It's just no no one who grew up in the eighties like had like any sort of fondness for the John Huston movie. Uh, beyond maybe just, like, a couple of film weirdos. But, like, and then, like, you saw that cycle happen with The Thing remake reboot? Okay, but sequel. that shit. But, it's but sequel. Yeah, sequel, in, prequel. But, and, and I think except ultimately... Except that shit, though. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think, like, that's the... 
I mean, you know, that's ultimately the the thing is that in the hands of the right person, the a person mm-hmm, with vision mm-hmm. or like an idea, or like I love this thing. And I'm going to make it mine somehow. I'm going to put myself in it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's when you get the magic. That's when you yeah. get fucking Kurt Russell, like just lighting shit up. It's yep. awesome. That movie's great. But then you, the on the flip side is when you have a studio that goes, "Hey, '80s, you know, nostalgia is real big right now. We have the rights to the thing." Let's make another one. Yeah. Like, there's no like who like there's no impetus behind it other than cynicism. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there needs to be love yeah. in order for art to work. Yeah. Right. In order for a remake to have vision, there needs to be love there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And love of money doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and the thing about Resident Evil Two is like when they announced that remake. Capcom was at a point where I think a lot of people were like, oh, are they just doing this because it's easy? Because right. they just come off of like re-releasing the Resident Evil remake remake or remaster of the remake. It's just go, just say Resident Evil HD. That's, Resident that's Evil HD. legally called. <laughs> they, yeah, Resident Evil HD. They were putting out four, six, five on PS4. Mm-hmm. They were just like, look. We don't and know. You get a Resident Evil, and yeah, you get a Resident yeah. Evil. You were gonna put it on your toaster. Uh, that hooked up to the internet. Uh, like they were just in this mode. It really felt like emergency mode, where they're like, yeah. nothing is landing anymore. Let's just get some stuff out so we can get the money rolling in and then figure it out. But then, like Resident Evil Seven. Yeah. changed everything. Monster Hunter World. Monster Hunter World changed everything. It's just like like Capcom is in a very different place right now that I think that if someone were to say, like if they were to go like, yeah, we're going to fucking remake Dino Crisis. It's going to be awesome. Yes, I, yes, I yes. So Dinosaurs are going to be underwater now. It's yes, going to kick ass. I am here ass. for that. I've been yeah. asking for it for years. Yes, please. Yeah. So just tell me like, who to make the check out to. Do it. The Capcom of 10 years ago said that, you'd be like, oh, I don't know. You just did yeah. the hot dog yeah. life farm thing. Yeah, I was just going to say, because the <laughs> Capcom of 10 years ago would have been like, all right, well, this like studio of three college grads and their mom yeah. just opened up in Malta. We're going to like give them a million dollars, and then when this project tanks, it's going to be a fucking tax write-off. Like, the, you know, the, the, the Capcom of now, like, this, this was a game... In the past year, they have put out a bunch of games, and like I'm not like Mega Man Eleven isn't a remake, mm. uh, but it is a a resurrection of old ideas, and all of these games are made by like legacy staffers, people that have been there for twenty years, and they're like, wait a second, didn't we used to like make games? <laughs> do you want to do that? Let's go do that. Yeah, let's do that. And it's yeah, I I'm I it's great. It's so it's so great. I I I I would love to see there are so many games I would love to see remade from the ground up. And the weird thing is is we we talked a lot about them like during the EA conversation. Mm-hmm. Like things where it's like it's almost like I don't want to even see a new company take them on. I would be happy with a remake of the original Dead Space at this point. Uh and and Guess what, everybody? If you're a backer of this show at a certain tier, you get to watch our podcast recorded live. And one of our backers, Nicholas, just said, Knights of the Old Republic. Don't overthink it, EA. Don't make a new Knights of the Old Republic. 
just remake yeah, yeah, Knights of the Old yeah, Republic. Yeah, yeah. Get a new script because yeah. that old one is pretty janky. And yeah. Don't put loot boxes in it. Don't put Get away from that. boxes in it. <laughs> you know what? If you put some weird costumes in there and they cost a couple bucks, I don't know. Somebody will be into that. Do it. Go ahead. Go ahead. You'll get, you'll get, oh, Susan will do it. Susan will buy your costume. I'm, I'm that person. I'm that asshole who's checking the shop on Fallout 76 every week to say, what can I put in my camp? What? Susan, no. What can I do? No, I, I, no, I have not spent any money in it. But you just yeah, window shopping. I, yeah. I, well, I use the in-game currency that I earn by doing things. Oh, boy. And I, yeah. But, no, but on this tip, you know what I want? Just give it to me. Just give it to me. Just put it in my veins. Just give it to me. Silent Hill. Just give it to me. Oh. Silent Hill, the oh. first one. Yeah. Give it Just to do it. Me. Just remake it from the put ground up. But do it in the style of the Twin Snakes and get Ryuhei Kitamura yeah. to direct all the cutscenes. Flips. <laughs> uh, everybody, I want you to know just right now, Silent Hill 1 turns 20 years old next Some, Thursday. All right. 20 years old. Next time Thursday. marches on. Uh, time marches on for all of us. You will ride into the grave with this podcast, listener. Dave, That's who, true. who made this happen? <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, it just is. Whose fault is it that we built this roadster to hell for them? <laughs> Drive off a cliff. Like... <laughs> oh, what's, what is that show? I was going to say Laverne and Shirley, but that's not right. No, you're... <laughs> If no, Thelma and Shirley Louise, ended in the same way as Thelma and Louise, that would have been a great show. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give a special shout-out here to our $10 tier and above backers. Uh, Patreon.com slash Continue Podcast uh, is our Patreon. Uh, special shout-outs to Ryan Brady, Nick Grugan, Double Taco, Yaddle, Gluttony One of Seven, Peter, Ryan Mance, Derek Sanskrit, Adam Condra, Matthew Peters, Michael Coffey, Thierry Belair, Eric Van Quill, The Fancy Manatee, Denton Brock, Elio Dare, Ludwig Kitzman, Stormshot, Francisco Areas Guimaraes, Kalen Houston, Axel Olsen Mangholt, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, Tim Chesson, uh, Bullet Bobom, Daniel Squire, and Tom. Thank you guys so very much. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. You're all, you should be doing better things with your money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those of you who do back us, I, like, honestly, the, the, I, I, I'm not sure if you get this from the tenor of the show and the people that back this hear the bonus sections that precede and follow the show are pre and post show. But like, we enjoy hanging out with one another and we live in very different parts of the country and this mm. is when we get to do it. We're so grateful that you want us to do this with enough regularity that, that you that you give to the show. Uh, it it helps us keep doing this. Uh, thank you so, so much. If you are interested in backing this show and have not before, go to patreon.com slash continue podcast, even if it's just a buck that maintains our ability to do this. Uh, I don't know if you know this about when we're recording it, but it's like late on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're not we're not going into the office and punching a clock uh yeah. so it, it's it's incredible thank you so much for the help uh if you can't spare the dollar and we really understand if you cannot go to itunes leave us a review go to spotify share that link with people uh just spreading the show around 
to friends and family. Uh, it really helps us out. You can also follow us on Twitter at ContinuePod. You can go to our web t- website. <laughs> WebZone. WebZone. I almost said it. I really did. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at a John Agnello, and you can catch me every single day at Escapist Magazine. If you want to read uh, more about Resident Evil 2, I have a review up there, and I have an ep- uh, essay up today about what we were talking about on the show called God Save the Remakes, and I encourage you to go read it. Dave, where can people find you? I'm going to do that. You're like the only game person I read anymore, so. Yeah, same. Uh, <laughs> same. <laughs> I'm basically just writing for you two anyway. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> oh, sweet, he's writing about obscure video games again. Uh, no, uh, you can find me on Twitter at David Robots, and you can find me in our Discord. Uh, the $5 Patreon tier gets you in our Discord, and I spend a lot of time there and hang out, and we have good talks about things. And, and not out. just games, it's yeah. worth mentioning. Yeah, games, movies, there's a chef channel where people just post pictures of food they make. You could see everyone's pets. They're all adorable. There's a political um, channel, and Susan shows up, and she's like, you're all hippies! <laughs> it's <laughs> not wrong. That's true. Susan, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Susan Arndt. I would like to point out that when Anthony says he's writing for me, it's to piss me off. Yep. Yeah. He just goes, hmm, what topic will really make Susan's eye twitch? Yeah. And that's that's how he pitches his features. Um I, uh, yeah, I, you can also, uh, ask me anything you want about mobile games and I'm happy to share the love on Twitter. I love talking to people about those games. I get a lot of crap from jackholes who are like, oh, you like mobile games. Yeah, do bitch. Cause they're good. Shut your face. Oh, I kind of want to play that. I kind of want to play that alien one that's coming out. Oh yeah. Oh, I know. Me too. Yeah. Lifeline. Lifeline is a very good mobile game. There's an entire series of them, and some are better than others. But the original Lifeline, so good. That's the Konami. So that's the Konami PS2. Yes, game. No, the Konami it's not. Vice game with the microphone. Stop no, it. it's no, 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 it's not. And Go play Shenmue. To... You know what's on my phone right now? Look, a Redwood's new game. Thank you very much. Oh shit. Yeah, the guy who made You Must Build a Boat. Yeah. Oh shit. Thank you. Yeah. He's got uh-huh. a new thing. Oh, okay. All right, everybody, that is it for this show. We'll see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening to us. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.